Poetry Night rings through. That's probably a good level. Yeah, that's probably a good level. Uh, so up next, we have our feature, Shannon Laws. Shannon is the co-founder of World Peace Poets, uh, which I don't... Do they have any events nearby? You can you can talk about it, yeah. Uh, Shannon is also the person who started Poets Corner at Bellingham Art Walk. Um, and Shannon is also a volunteer with the Bellingham Community Radio. Okay, so that radio, 102.3. Um, <laughs> all right. Yes, very much so. <laughs> um, Shannon also has poetry in a variety of books and things around town, in addition to two books that are available for purchase at the back table next to our tip jar, which is how we help pay for our features, <clears throat> um, in addition to having some coffee and grapes back there. Um, but why don't I stop talking about Shannon and let her come up and talk about herself and do some reading. But I should also mention that there's been a special request that we have no photography during our features set tonight. So if we could hold back with that. There's the word. <laughs> All right. So without further ado, please welcome Shannon Laws. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. I know it's hard for you to resist that. Uh, and thank you, Danny, for being such an awesome host. So Poets Corner, I work with um, downtown uh, Bellingham Downtown Partnership. And we had our first month last month, and it's just going to go until I don't know when. Uh, there's a ballet or dance place that just opened up on Holly that has a really big, uh, maybe you've seen it, it has a nice big overhang. And uh, she said we can use that space if it ever rains. So who knows how long we'll be able to go, because I'm predicting a long summer, at least into November. Because <laughs> And if we could get a good winter to kind of kill off the spiders, that'd be great. Um, but that's, uh, uh, this living art exhibit uh, is happening uh, from 6.30 to 8. So if you uh, don't want to participate but just come down, uh, that's cool too. But we have two more openings available uh, in the 7 o'clock hour, which is prime real estate. So I hope that you all come down for that. And then World Peace Poets, uh, that's the second thing I want to talk about before I started uh, sharing poetry. Um, World Peace Poets uh, Bellingham chapter is uh, was inspired by the um, uh, Richmond chapter up in Canada, our brothers and sister poets up there. Uh, we do once a year. I'm encouraging you this fall. Please keep your eye out for the um, posters and announcements for the annual Read In, Write On event. And it is an event where you get five minutes to share what peace means to you, and we do it until the last poet speaks. Uh, we've gone, last year we went for a little over four hours, the year prior it was six, and it is a lot of fun. We feed you, you get a nice light lunch, 
there's music um, and uh, that's kind of interlaced with the poetry and you can stay for an hour you can stay for a half hour you can stay all day whatever you want to do and it is actually extremely cool and a lot of fun I can barely handle a three hour long movie but somehow this event just gets me pumped up and I'm always curious what the next person is going to say so I encourage you to do that and that's it that's my those are my announcements so I was thinking, uh, what am I going to share tonight, <clears throat> right? I should have been. I had. I did. I was thinking all of that. And I have to tell you um, a little bit about why I am so excited to be the feature tonight at Poetry Night. Because uh, I have been wanting to be the feature at Poetry Night for like years, and I can say that since about 2010, when I first came here to Bellingham, uh, the poets, uh, y'all were meeting up at Amadeus, and it was the first time that I saw poets up on a stage with a spotlight on them. I was just amazed at that, and I felt like there was a challenge. I'm kind of competitive, and I saw that, and I was like, oh man, whatever I can do to get up on stage and not shake you know, I was, I was one of those people. I was, when I was new, I was like, ah, I couldn't, I couldn't read my poems without shaking. But poetry really saved me. I started writing poetry on San Juan Island about 2009, uh, when my life was falling to pieces, and poetry showed up somehow, for some reason, just, uh, became real for me. And I kind of been following the little breadcrumbs as I go. I don't know where it's going or going to take me, but I'm loving it. I thought I would go ahead and read chronologically. So I'm going to read some old poems, and uh, I'm going to share some poems from Erotic Poetry Night, and uh, which I'll tell, tell you about later. And um, some fresh new stuff is coming up. My next book's coming out in 2016. Enough. All that. No words. <laughs> they are all words. All of them are words. I'm glad you recognize them as words. They are words. This poem was inspired by a nasty divorce that I witnessed. And I don't think I've ever read it out loud. Moonspell. Pieces left the greenhouse with Iris by the door. Cast out by the walking witch whose heart is charcoal black. Warts and the summer moon bear witness to her dance outside the garden gate. Manifest. She cries, casting her spell, moonlight jumping on extended arms as they stir her cauldron sky. Curse without cause cannot fly, but fly it does from her fingers' ends like sparks off a blacksmith's forge. Children's laughter, laughter sings like sirens, pain plays the vocal cords, changing the song. Those with ears pick up the tune. The moaning prayers Croon responds, crawls across the ground like fog. Flame of love turned to fire. Flames at the windows, flames at the door. Leave the house and pass by the iris. Nevermore. 
housekeeper. People of all types come and go to my hotel. The same room will house many different lives. Some stay for less than eight hours, others for days. Each time I reset the room, removing the evidence of life. I know them now when they walk in, not by name or by hometown. I know them by their stains, the marks left behind that I clean. For you, I'll find wine rings dried on the table, some spills on the sheet, bottles in the garbage. For you, I'll find diapers filling both wastebaskets, spit up on the bed covers, a travel crib I'll have to take down. For you, I'll find almost nothing. You made your bed before leaving, your shower too quick to dirty. Changing the sheets, I find a sock. (laughs) I change the room. I clean the room, the same room, over and over. I clean you away. Washing the tub, scrubbing off the ring, removing the hair, wiping down the mirror. Dusting the room, making the bed, vacuuming it all away. You are gone. Thank you. Perhaps. Where my body lies, perhaps some purple crocus will mark my grave. Only exposing the location once a year in March. Bud green stalks protruding out about the slushy snow. Where my body lies, perhaps a coyote will come by for brunch. Munch on my decayed muscle, cracking the bone for its sweet marrow. That night when it howls, nose pointed upward, my soul will follow suit. Floating towards the moon. Where my body lies, perhaps a condor will pick my bones clean on a warm canyon floor, saving the smaller pieces for its nesting babies, larger chunks too big to carry, dark and red, sun themselves as they recline against speckled stones. Wherever I land, perhaps even in a coffin, tombstone to mark it or not, I hope an impression that a body lies beneath would be noticed, would be heard, would be stirred back into the world to which it was born. More morrow. No morrow. I watch you, hopping around the twigs, hanging upside down from the tiniest sliver of wood. Light and carefree, obviously, well-fed, beautiful colors, lovely song. Be more like the birds, they don't worry, I think. How can I, when my bones are not filled with air, but of heavy morrow? Heavy with duty and plans, weighed down with projects, slighted by calendar dates and numbers that don't add up. My human flight drags by day to day. No bouncing here. 
but a determined searching, looking for morsels to feed the spirit. Think like a bird. I could be one. Is it the state of mind that matters or the transformation? And when did the two become one? Mind and matter, flight and fancy, living and alive. We are cousins, little bird. As you hop around the maple, barren of summer leaves, I watch and learn. My untamed past stirs in the blood, reminding me of the origins, forcing breath of life into the marrow that weighs me down. I know how to kick a mic. That's good. That's good. I put this one. The one I put down. So while I'm turning pages, I'm going to read three poems from the Erotic Poetry Night, and Dobby and I were there uh, this last year. Danny was there, too. We brought the adult into adult poetry. (laughs) We brought all the grown-up words, and we knew how to use them. Mm. We got a couple years there, don't we? We got some experience. Jeez. We don't just say the word boob and think that's erotic. There's a lot more to it than that. So this was my second year that I did it. And I was really excited. And I have a funny story uh, about it that I will share briefly with you. Uh, so I'm at a birthday party, and I'm going to guess this guy was in his 60s. I don't know. I don't age people. So he, But he has two girls, two daughters in college. And he came up, and he just said something. We were talking about stuff. And he came up, and he said, you know, kids don't have sex these days. Since since the 80s and AIDS, people just don't have sex anymore at college. So I was like, what? <laughs> Say, what? So he, that's his world, you know, with his two girls in college. That's how he's trying to handle that, I guess. They're just not having sex because there's AIDS since the 80s. That's right. My girls are at college and no one's having sex right now. So I don't know. That's his, That's where he was. But I, that was not called reality in my book. So I just thought, this is so cool. Um, Erotic Poetry Night is sponsored by Western Washington University. It's up at the coffee house up there. And it's um, sponsored by the Department of Sexual Awareness Center. And they are a cool group. They do, if you are like, what is sex? What the heck is a condom? How do I use it? Etc. Etc. You can go into these groups and uh, go into this place, nice safe space, ask questions, figure out what's going on. Uh, that's all. This is it's a fantastic place. So erotic poetry night is a place to lure kids in with dirty words, and um, then like have PSAs about condoms. So it's pretty cool and safe sex, etc. Etc. And it is just dynamite. It is so needed on every campus. Sold out, people sold out. Even though there weren't, t- I don't think we sold tickets, but there was. It was sold out, and we meet. We met fire code. That's good enough. And there were people in the hallways listening in. So, anyways, I consider that a success. 
so there's a plug for them. This song, uh, this poem is what I read in my first year. It's called Tongue in Ink. The best poems are not written in ink, but by the tongue. Spoken into the air, never finding paper. Touched by the mist of breath against your neck. Said in the dark rooms where lovers meet. Not at all recorded or syllables numbered. But art form just the same. Once activated and released, the words are all lost. Left to moments, left to moments that linger, holding each other in a sweaty embrace, as if the sheets themselves are sentences. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's some grown-up stuff. That's what's getting real. You don't get sweaty sheets till you're at least what, thirty. I'd like to think. I don't know. And if and if you're that guy's daughters, you don't get nothing. Apparently, I guess. Yeah. Here's another one. I like to warn people. Different kind of triggers. Discovery. He touched me. He touched me the way I wanted him to, the way I wished he would. He read my mind and he touched me. His fingers moved along the ridges of my galaxy in search of the ignition. Old crate of dynamite hidden in the shed, sweats with glycerin, delicate to movement, so my love is for you. Drop that box and start a bang, kick start a star to life. Use all fingers to read me as a mystery novel written in braille. <laughs> Every bump and knob and dip a conjunction closer to knowing the riddle of Eve. You are a book that must be read. You are a question that must be answered. Braille. Yeah. <laughs> They didn't know what that was about. Something about science. What? What? I don't get. Why is she talking about science? And my last one I'm going to share is called Table, up from the erotic group. Table. Salt. On the skin, sweat dries in the evening air. We lay across a tablecloth, a checkered gray and white sky, the meal, stars, and atmosphere set on a plate glazed in a blue solar, so dark it cannot end. Our neighbors no longer the robin or worm, but nebula and moon. Good stuff.
What's happening? It's so good. It's so amazingly good. <laughs> so I am a volunteer at the Spark Museum. I've been there since uh, 2011, and I am uh, a radio volunteer. I go up and I, st I get to talk on the microphone. Boosie Vox, my evil cousin, she would have been here tonight, but she's a bitch. So I don't know. She has cramps or something, so she's not here. But uh, my, my twin sister does not show up to my poetry. What? Who does that? So anyway, so she's not here. But um, the nice thing about going down every week to downtown is I do a lot of walking downtown and I see a lot of things and um, I often park where it's free and I hike up Holly Street and I see all kinds of interesting things this next poem is called Maritime Park shoes on the wire lines hang above to mark the bargaining table point of action office closed today due to winter weather no hollow eyes to watch me, no dirty hands to wave back. The fields here, afternoon homes of the attics, empty. Snow just left in melting, rows of unfinished snowmen, wordlessly guard over nothing. For about a year and a half, I had the wonderful pleasure of living in the Puget neighborhood. Mm. And I saw a lot of interesting things there. Uh, I came home one day after my morning walk and just went, what the heck is going on in our neighborhood and our planet and our, just everything? It just, I was upset. Morning walk. This morning, the clouds sleep. Ground fog rests silent in the hills, clings to the earth like a warm blanket. A van full of everything anyone owns, even the owner, slumped over, fast asleep, no blanket, two coats for insulation. Dew still on the grass, crows and seagulls shout at each other, cause versus shrieks. Calls of our hilltops wrestle with the sound of the sea. Turning the corner, a large black garbage bag from the baseball stadium ripped open. Guts of popcorn and half-eaten hot dogs spill out. Five seagulls look after it with regal heads and crisp beaks. Soldiers guarding a treasure. On the next corner, a cherry tree shows off its early fruit, yellow, blending to orange. By fall, cherry red will be visually defined. Next block over, I tiptoe by another man asleep in his car. Blue Ford Escort Wagon is his address. Two in one morning. And a few evergreens over, a homeless tent camp lays beneath the heavy boughs. Signs. For rent, for rent, for rent. I continue towards the stadium, trekking over a silent creek, full of water, the surface so still you could dance on it.
So I've, I've read from my blue book and my green book. And uh, I have some new ones that are going to be coming out, the three new ones um, that will be coming out, uh, I don't know, whenever I want. Sometime in uh, maybe Christmas 2016, uh, something like that. But these are three fresh new poems. And uh, this first one I have to share uh, a funny story about. My mom is a therapist, uh, counselor type person. And now that she's retired, hi Carla. Now that she's retired, uh, she has just started donating her time and helping people figure things out a little bit. Um, And her key audience is she goes to churches. She talks about addiction, uh, chemical dependency, etc., because she finds that people in church don't know how to deal with that stuff. You know, oh gosh, I'm a Christian, but my son is an addict. What do I do? Uh, So she does amazing work. She does it for free and um, she pops a lot of bubbles. She opens up a lot of wounds and she blows people's minds. And I appreciate that about my mom. That's what therapy does to you. So, <laughs> or the truth. One or something like that. So she read this poem and she has a class about depression and she asked if she could read one of my poems. <laughs> Not nice. So... <laughs> Yeah, woo! First, and it was like the first poem she's ever read. You know, you're not, you're a prophet is not welcome in your own town or family. Uh, they don't, no one, they don't know what I do. And that's okay, I don't know, whatever. But she actually read this poem that I'm going to read you. It's called Death's Dip. Death's Dip. Or Confession of a Mattress. Free mattress. A queen-size pillow top. Took it home. Laid it in the frame. The first night, I rolled into a dip. A body-shaped dip on the left side. A person taller than me and wider than me created a dip that I rolled into. A bedridden, sickly person left a death dip. No problem, I think. I'll just sleep on the right every night to even things out. Yet every morning, I wake in the dip. My bed is now a metaphorical display dividing my psyche down the middle. The dip is comfortable, soft, form-fitting. It feels like a hug in my lonely bed. It is as comfortable as my father's depression. A heavy, known feeling of failure. Like a person reluctant to leave their bed. Like the sign on the wall growing up. Successful people are not children. Few people achieve success. And those that do are vain and far from God. My familiar spins tires set on park this I confess to you I sleep with death and I like it (laughs) so um, so I'm adopted and I do a lot of process poems to figure 
out who I am, which is a lot of fun. And, uh, and it's just, I just like, what? So, um, this is kind of one of them. And this was written in the spirit of Muriel Reichheiser, who is a beautiful poet. It's called Voice on the Trail. All the voices of the wood called Shannon. But it was soon solved. It is nothing. It is not my real name. My real name is written on a stone kept warm by eternal embers. I'm still too cold to hold. Words like real and endure sound like health and hell. Then I see what is calling. It was the road I traveled, miles behind, warning me of the fork. The sound bounces forward, then back, right side down, warns of mud ahead. Not to me, but to anyone. And at last... I saw where the road lies wide, the clear orchard rose, easy fruit and bundled grass roll along a tan, green and blue landscape. Mm, Not for me, not for me, not for me. I came into my clear being uncalled, alive, and sure of all but what I see. Nothing speaking to me. None know my real name, not the owl, the fish, or the elk, but I offered myself to the strangers, and all is well. Strangers we all are. I know them all. Great. I have had so much fun reading my poetry. I have one poem left, and I'm just loving it. I hope you guys are loving it. I don't know. Is this a- <laughs> Thank you, thank you. I don't need that dip tonight. I just got my hug. I appreciate it. Thank you. So this last one is um, a confessional poem, and it was a lot of fun to write. I had a bet with another poet that we could both use a crown royal bag, and I don't know if you remember those. Actually, they still make them a purple, purple crown royal bag. It has not changed its design in how many, what, I don't even know, 50,000 years, 1,000 years. You have to pay for the bag? Now, I can just see that. You're going up to the counter, and you're, I want the bag that goes with this, please. I need a bag. <laughs> you put the bottle on the counter, and you're just like, uh, and I also would like the bag. There's <laughs> That's an interesting request, don't you think, nowadays? I know. They wanted it just for the bag because bags, you know, bags are so expensive nowadays. <laughs> We're just Americans. We like a, a deal, right? We want that free deal. Ah, a free bag? What? I'm going to get some of that. There's a free bag. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this one, so this is called Fort Builder. Uh, so I'm born in Seattle. I am not a transplant, but, and I uh, grew up in South Seattle in the Fedgeway Plateau, which is, I don't like it, <laughs> but that's where I grew up, and uh, before they put massive amount of apartment buildings, they had 
woods. So I grew up playing in the woods, and uh, I still love to go into the woods and play, and it was a lot of fun. Fort builder. I am a fort builder of cushions and sheets. I stole the plywood from the garage and nailed it to the tree. I am the girl who splattered lavender paint on her new jeans for school. I am that one. I am that girl who made extra money picking berries, babysitting, and watching cats. I was that girl who carried her gaming marbles in a purple velvet crown royal bag at recess. I am the fourth grade girl who, it was rumored, picked up Rodney Grange over her head and threw him down the hill. <laughs> I am the girl who endured long Sunday drives, secondhand smoking with you and Paul Harvey. Snaps for Paul Harvey. <laughs> I am the girl who walked with you around the muddy edge of Doyle Pond. Its soft cattailed the ground rewarded us with leeches. I am the girl who watched you deal pills of all colors in between our classes from your locker next to mine. I am the girl who had no cliques to sit with in eighth grade lunch. I sat at crowded tables in ninth. I found stairs outside to eat on in tenth. I drove off campus in eleventh, and I no longer cared in twelfth. I was that girl who wore her gray leather boots every day. I am that girl you shared stolen apricot brandy with at the Auburn Dance Club parking lot one night. I was that girl you had between the ones you wanted, that neighbor girl you thought you had a trick to touch. I am a girl who builds forts. Thank you. If you want to write about something, it is done.